Carolina basketball faces their toughest test of the season so far coming up on Sunday, and it's James Madison? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, November 18th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget we're free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right, folks, Carolina is 3-0, having beaten UNC Wilmington, College of Charleston, and then uh, this past week, a little bit of some Gardner-Webb. Tough one there in that matchup. But now, after those teams all outside the top 100, you get into playing James Madison. And James Madison is in the Ken Palm top 100. They're 81st, and so not world beaters, But holy cow, keep in mind, friends, not all mid-majors are created equal, and James Madison is a great example of that. They currently lead the nation, all of D1, all 363 teams in points per game, 105.3, field goal percentage, 58.6, points differential, plus 48.5. They're second in the nation in three-point field goal percentage at 54.1%. Not too shabby from the free throw line either, 75.8%. What does all that add up to? It's not like a typical mid-major. So do not look at James Madison and think, oh, got this one. Let's write it off. Not, not to mention, we're not even talking about how Carolina's playing right now. We're just talking about James Madison is playing really good basketball. Now, to be fair, some of those na- names and numbers are inflated. When you look at their schedule so far, started with Valley Forge, not a D1 imponent, opponent, and they beat them 123 to 38. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest and fair. That is severely uh, messing with some of these numbers, including point differential and points per game. But even after that, Hampton, 106-58, Buffalo, 97-62, and Howard, 95-69. None of those teams are in the Ken Palm top 200. So it's hard to know what to make of what James Madison is doing so far. How do you put that in into perspective? Well, I think you kind of take the points per game and the points differential with a grain of salt. But when you talk about the shooting, I mean, I know the defense isn't going to be as difficult, but shooters got to make shots. And so James Madison is going to put up points on the Tar Heels. The question is, how can defense of someone like Leaky Black or Seth Trimble bother what they're trying to do as as James Madison takes a massive leap in competition level? We're going to have to wait and find that out when the Tar Heels and the Dukes take the court on Sunday at noon. Now, It's also James Madison is a very deep team. They are 11th in the nation in bench usage so far. They have eight guys averaging 15 or more minutes per game. And when you contrast that with what the Tar Heels have been doing with their bench or frankly, not so much doing right now, uh, there, there is a 
potential advantage there for James Madison with energy and endurance as this game goes along. Their leading scorer for James Madison is senior guard Vado Morse. He's RJ Davis size, six foot 170, but averaging 15.8 points per game. And that's all great from James Madison. But here's what I want to say. I don't care what the James Madison Dukes have done so far this season. I do know and am well aware that Carolina needs to be on upset alert this weekend because if they continue to play like they did on Tuesday against Gardner-Webb, they could get bombed out of the gym by this three-point happy team. But for me, here are the things I'm look. I want to see the Tar Heels do what they do, and then it won't matter what James Madison does, if that makes sense. So number one, here's what I'm watching for. Will Pete Nance be able to string together back-to-back really dynamic performances? Now, I know his second half against Gardner-Webb was not as strong as his first half. I think a lot of that, quite frankly, was due to his jammed finger. And you're just trying to figure out, how do I play with this now? But, man, if you look at that first half, can that be the Pete Nance we see on, on a pretty regular and consistent basis. I think so. And he is heeding coach Davis's advice to not just be one of the guys, but to work on being a dude. And if he can keep being a dude, these Tar Heels are going to be in much better shape. Number two, legitimately, how do you avoid getting bombed out of the gym by this team that is shooting over 50% from three? Well, I think a lot of that is going to start with Carolina's length. Leaky Black needs to be guarding the most prolific three-point shooter. And then you need Seth Trimble, you need Caleb Love and RJ Davis to lock up as much as is possible and use any advantage they might have with athleticism. Because let's just be honest, Carolina is a more talented team to bother James Madison. Another question I have, a third thing I'm watching for from Carolina is... When are we going to, over the course of a full game, get the Armando Baycott we've been wanting to see? The one that we saw in the second half against College of Charleston last Friday. Um, if, if we can get that Armando Baycott, that's, that's what needs to happen. But as I said, coming out of the, uh, the Gardner-Webb game earlier this week, I, I'm not so sure that something's not wrong with him. And so, I, again, I have nothing to go on with that, and he's not going to say it or admit it. But... You want to see, can he string that together? And quite frankly, can the entire team string together uh, 40 minutes of effort? We talked about it a lot through the non-conference struggles and the early ACC struggles last year. It felt like at times Coach Davis was needing to coach effort. And he said, man, I should not have to be doing this. And it feels like there's a little bit of that creeping back in this year. I want to see this this team come out and string it together for a full 40 minutes. Other things I'm watching. Number one, rebounding. Carolina has been out-rebounded in two of their three games, small margins, and then won the rebounding battle against Gardner-Webb, but also a small margin. Can Carolina come out and just dominate on the glass? I want to see them assert their will. And on the flip side, from two things that we imagine we will see James Madison do well, are two things that I want to see Carolina do better. Number one, that's depth. Obviously, we're waiting to get Puff Johnson and Jalen Washington back in the mix, and that's going to affect the depth in healthy and good ways. Um, And then also with three-point shooting, Carolina has not hit double-digit three-point shots in this season. They've hit two, five, and eight in each of the first three games, respectively. I want to see them come out and match or exceed what James Madison does from the three-point line. So that's a couple things I'm watching out for in this game on Sunday. Now, 
We also got to talk about the Carolina football team because they play on Saturday. They're coming off a clinching a berth in the ACC championship game. My question is this. How do they avoid a letdown this week against Georgia Tech? Anthony Pagnotta joins me to help answer that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy <clears throat> excuse me, is the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you watch your favorite team. I've created my own account with Underdog, and I'll definitely be taking the over on Drake May's numbers and the Carolina receivers' numbers this weekend. You can go to Underdog and do the exact same thing. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. One of the easiest fantasy games out there, and you could win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code locked on one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 deposit a hundred, get a hundred free. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google play store. Once again, that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on one word, get in on the college football pick em action today. For your second listen today, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. It's great to be joined as we are every Friday by our good friend Anthony Pagnata from the Heel Tough blog. And today we're going to talk about Carolina and Georgia Tech. Want to get some big picture overview stuff. And then we'll look at how this game's going to unfold as each team has the ball. And of course, we're going to give you our game predictions. So starting off, Anthony, finally, this Drake May hype train has left the station. He's getting national Heisman buzz. People are like arguing in his favor now. It's hard to believe. But here's what I'm starting to notice this trend. It seems like his Heisman candidacy and Carolina's team success are tied together. As the team continues to win, his success goes up. Should they lose, it seems like both probably fall off the wagon. You, you Are you seeing that? You agree, disagree? Where are you at? 100%. And uh, all I can say is welcome to the world of college football and the Heisman <laughs> right. Trophy. It sucks. It's something that we've been dealing with for years. And there's been some guys that have navigated it. You've seen it with RG3 when he won the Heisman. You saw it when Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. Yeah. But it's very few guys. It's, it's guys that really have to just take things to a whole nother level. And the good news is, is that Drake May's doing that. <laughs> uh, I think if he continues to win, I think if they win these last two games of the regular season, um, I don't – there are some people that think he has to beat Clemson. I don't know if he does. If he puts up like a historic performance and they get beat in some unreal shootout, I think he would still have a chance. But to me, I think as long as he exits the regular season undefeated and has a really good showing against Clemson, I think this dude has a legitimate chance to win the Heisman Trophy. But, yeah, that's that. this is the unfortunate truth when it comes to college football is that – People look at what your team is doing, not just what you are doing. Um, but it really only applies to certain guys because if you're at a program like Alabama, like Ohio State, like programs that have produced Heisman Trophy winners before that consistently make the playoff, then, yeah, it's, it's going to be – you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. But with Drake May, it's just they're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt 
there's still people that think that he does not deserve to be not only I've, I've heard people that think he doesn't deserve to be in the conversation to win it. And at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Like statistics, <laughs> That's right. the statistics are there, man. Like they, they back it up and you can say whatever you want about the competition that he's playing. But the fact is he is absolutely dominating in every sense of the word. He's, he's performing better than every group of five quarterback yes. as well and group of five quarterbacks are playing lesser opponents than he is that's how impressive he's been and it's time for people to realize it I'm happy though that there are some national guys that are recognizing it and are pushing for him to yep. win this award I, and I think that's going to only continue to help his potentiality I mean I feel like at this point uh, assuming an undefeated end of the regular season the baseline is an invitation to New York it feels like that to me and beyond the stats when you if you actually watch the game it's clear from what he's doing that his pocket presence the throws he's making the decisions all of that are at that level and so let's take like I don't care who's on the field across from you with the way he is diagnosing things he, he's got this but mm-hmm. all of this said Carolina has just clinched a spot in the ACC championship game after Georgia Tech They've got this revenge game against NC State, Clemson in the ACC championship, and then some probably high-level bowl game. All that said, how on earth does Carolina go about avoiding a letdown against Georgia Tech this weekend? I mean, it's just you got to come in motivated for every game, and I think Carolina's done that to this point in the season. I think it's sticking to the things that Mac Brown has kind of hammered home all season about you can't take any opponent lightly. Um, everybody's going to give you your best game now. Guys got to know that in that locker room, that people people want to be the team that can upset you. And that's the thing. I think this game is the one where you say, okay, we're probably a little concerned here because State, there is to me, there's no concern. I don't care about Drake's comments from earlier in the season. Man, this team beat you in embarrassing fashion last year. That's one of the most heartbreaking losses yeah. that we have ever seen in yeah. Carolina football. Yeah. That will serve as motivation on – the Tar Heel side of things. When you go to the ACC championship game, you're probably going to have a lot of doubters. Many people are still going to believe Clemson should go in there and steamroll you because Clemson's the better program. Uh, This is just a Carolina team that's a product of the ACC Coastal. And not to mention that what happened in 2015, a lot of the guys, look, there's guys on this roster that know what happened back then. And there's probably coaches on this staff that are going to use that as a motivating factor. So, I, I think those games speak for itself, but you're right. This one is one that you kind of wonder, you know, how much motivation do you have for a game like this? Because you have the ACC Coastal locked up. I, I think it's just you have to go out there, stick to what you've been doing the entire season. And to me, I think w- what the team really has to do, buy, just buy into Drake Bay for the Heisman. Just say, hey, look, man, it's our responsibility to help our guy get there and win it. And yep. I, I think that's that's something that they can really play off of in this game against Georgia Tech. Yeah, absolutely. And because his success is team success. Yep. And he, of all people, is a guy that's not going to hog the spotlight on that. He is going to share it not only willingly, but probably too selflessly, if we're being honest about it. As I look about this, um, and I, I see what Mac Brown's talked about this week, I, it seems like he's using the motivation of last year's miserable Georgia Tech performance for Carolina in that game. And I think that is going to help as well. Now, one thing that is going to be a question mark in this game is Antoine Green's health coming off of that 
upper body injury. It's a head injury. We all know it uh, from from last week and is currently a game time decision. For me, I know you want to put everything you can into this Georgia Tech game. That said, I, I'm holding him out of this game if I'm Mac Brown. I don't I don't care. I just feel like it's pointless to try to put him out there. I, I know Gavin Blackwell is not Antoine Green. However, it feels like you've got enough with just uh, with Josh Downs, Kobe Pesor, JJ Jones, other, you know, Kamari Morales and Bryce, all of these other receivers that have an opportunity to step in and step up. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's kind of what I'm seeing as well. And, and, and you have to trust this group because we saw it earlier in the season when Antoine Green was unable to go to start the year. That's That's the good news is that we've seen it before. And if it has to happen, there are guys that are more than capable of getting it done. The concern is, is that you you haven't really seen those guys perform as well. You know, Gavin Blackwell, we've seen him at times, but he really hasn't been the same guy that he was early in the season. Even JJ Jones is a guy that's dropped off just a little bit. So Um, you, you, that, that's my one thing, my one concern if he is unable to go, but at the same time, I think you're right. I think you got to kind of measure this situation. And the other thing is the other element of it is, is just take the game, you know, out of it. This is a concussion. That's right. We know that. We we know that that's what it is. They're not going to tell us that because this is kind of how they go about revealing injuries at Carolina and that's fine. But it, it, when it comes to a head injury, you want to be as safe as possible. You do yeah. not want this being something that can, you know, potentially ruin a career um, or life after football. Life, so absolutely. You're always going to play it safe. I think that's the smart thing to do if you're Carolina. Play it safe in this scenario. And look, if, if he really is, if you've been ramping him up all week and he really is ready to go, okay, then play him. Knock but it out. if not, if there's any doubt about it, look, this is a team you should be able to beat without him. And I think the unit is is still strong enough where if he cannot go, you should be fine. That's very well said, Anthony, and so important. And I really appreciate you doing so to always remind us of the humanity of these young men and the young women when we talk about uh, other Carolina and other NCAA athletic teams. These are not just robots on a field. These are people with lives and families and interests. And at the end of the day, that has to be what we care about the most. I really appreciate you putting that in front of us. So friends, we want to talk about what are the things that are going to determine the outcome of this game? Anthony and I are going to give you our keys to the game in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Nugenics. Tell you what, folks, as I get into the holidays, my eating habits go out the window. I've got a straight up like dad bod at this point. I don't have the time to work out, but like you, I want the energy and the body I once had. You want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Well, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. In fact, Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. So you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea now when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. To do that, just text COLLEGE to 231-231. One more time, that's COLLEGE to 231 231- 
888-382-5231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automatic text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. All the legalese for us today, Mr. Anthony Pagnotta, making sure the good people know. So, as we always do when we talk, I want to look at when North Carolina has the ball, what are two things that we're looking for for Carolina to win this game? And conversely, when Georgia Tech has the ball, what are two things we're looking for to help carry the Tar Heels to victory? Let's start when Carolina is on offense. What are you looking at? Well, first, I want to see what this run game looks like. I think you got to lean on it more heavily in this game because, you know, you could be down Antoine Green. And it's it's time to find out if you've really got a run game that you can trust. I think you've seen signs the last couple of weeks, especially from Elijah Green. But you need to see that group step up because it can't be Drake May as your leading rusher. There are, you know, some tough matchups coming up. You know, NC State, Clemson, they're going to try to focus on taking that element away from his game and forcing him to be a guy that just wins the game from the pocket or you win it with your running back. So I want to see those guys step up in this game against Georgia Tech and really take things to the next level. And then, you know, the other thing that you got to watch at this point is just how, what what does Drake May do in this one, man? How what special play? What you know is he? Does he come out and put up another career performance? What does he do? And is it enough to sort of continue to boost his Heisman push? Is it enough to you know carry Carolina you know to a comfortable victory? You kind of hope that it can it, it can be enough to do that. But you know, I think those are the two biggest things that I'm watching when Carolina has the ball on the offensive side. Man, I love it. I, I'm right. I've been thinking a lot about that this week about the run game. It's just this, as you just said there, to me, this has to be not that Georgia Tech is an overlooked game. We've already talked about that, but this is kind of an appetizer for setting up what you're able to do against state and against Clemson. And so you want to really put some of those principles into place and let's, let's just see what Elijah Green's got, like put the ball in the, in his belly and let's go with it. So I I love that there. Now, uh, moving to the other side of the ball, man, this defense just continues to like, all right, what is the what is the bottom line? What is the lowest thing we can do and win this game? Got that. We did it. Uh, Cam Kelly, for example, just has frankly struggled all season long, gets that massive interception to help uh, Carolina ultimately win the game against Wake last week. What are you watching for, Anthony? Well, I mean, first, it's the defensive line. Like, can this group get pushed, man? You are playing a third-string quarterback. You have you should be able to get pressure on him, force this guy into mistakes. This is a Georgia Tech team that is incredibly banged up, and you need to be able to take advantage of that. Um, we saw it. Look, the, the, more, the most frustrating part about this defensive line is the fact that we saw it against Pittsburgh. We saw in the second half that this unit was capable – of getting the job no. done, but it's just not there consistently. And it, it, in order for this group to have success in slowing teams down, you have to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And it's got to start with those guys up front. You can only blitz so much because it's going to leave your your guys on the back end of this defense in one-on-one coverage. There's no safety help over the top. And that also means that the safeties have to be in one-on-one coverage themselves, which – that's not that's not great. These safeties, look, man, they two guys that play very hard, but two guys that I do not think if you are going to take a step to the next level defensively are your guys at the safety position. 
You have to do everything you can to help these guys out. And it all starts up front with getting pressure on the quarterback and forcing them to mistakes. I mean, look, the biggest play last week, you know, give them credit. I thought the defense, that the one thing they've done all year uh, is they found a way to make stops when they need to. They yeah. allowed 40 fourth quarter points against App State. Since that game, they have allowed 38 points combined in every fourth quarter. Shit. That's it. So, like, you, you're, you're talking about a team that when it really matters, they are making the stops. It's just you want it to be a little bit easier. Can we not allow 27 in the first half? Please, for one game, can we not just get boat raced at times? In the first half, that's what's so frustrating. But, I, you know, I, I think creating those turnovers will be huge because that they did it last week. They created a turnover when they needed to, and that's the only reason that they won the game. I think that's got to be a key part of the recipe. And then the other thing that I'm watching – is what is Cedric Gray doing? Because this dude's having a special year. Yeah. And again, part of it is because his defensive line is not great. It's giving him you know, a, a ton of responsibility. And if he had a better defensive line in front of him, he would have less tackles, but he would probably also be a much fresher player at this point <laughs> in the season. And he would oh, probably dear. enjoy yeah. it just a little bit more. He would probably <laughs> thank them very much because his body is probably very sore from all that tackling. But – um, he, he has really carried Carolina. There's no doubt about it. And he does so many different things too, man. He can drop into coverage. I know he's not perfect, but what linebacker is when they're dropping into coverage, he brings so much versatility. And this dude is just so fun to watch because he was a guy that Carolina was his only power five offer. We heard that story back when he was at ACC media days. This dude was not a highly touted recruit. This staff has taken time to develop him. He's a hardworking player. And it is just so fun to watch him each and every Saturday. Man, I, I love that. And that's well said. You, you love to see that development. And, and Carolina's got multiple players like that. Yet, literally yesterday on Locked on Tar Heels, we interviewed offensive lineman Awesome R- Richards. And same kind of that development. And I, I know there's all the talk, five stars and four stars. And this guy's uber talented. How do you get dudes on the field who are going to make plays? And you love to see that happening. That, to me, is such a good sign of good coaching. So, Mr. Anthony Pagnotta, let's make some predictions. Last time I looked at the bet online numbers for this game, Carolina is favored by a solid three touchdowns. Carolina minus 21 for this one with an over-under of 63. Are you bold enough, Anthony Pagnotta, to take Mac Brown's team by three touchdowns versus the Yellow Jackets? I cannot, and I got to be honest with you, I don't really understand who sets the lines in Vegas. Have you watched this team play? Like, I get it. I get Georgia Tech's not a great football team, but Carolina has blown out one opponent, and that was Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is, I I mean, they are another level of bad. Um, I mean, not as bad as that BC team that beat NC State last week. But, you know. What? Hey. Uh but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't go that big of a margin. I could see two scores. I could see two scores pulling away in the fourth quarter. But I just – until this team proves that they can really just stomp somebody <laughs> into the ground, other than that Virginia Tech team, I, I just find it hard to really feel that confident in them. 
I will say this, though. I think the, the over in this game feels pretty safe to me because I think Carolina is going to score a lot of points. Yeah. I think Carolina, this will be somewhere in the 40s, I think mid-40s, probably 45, maybe even 48 points in this game. I just love the way Carolina's offense is playing right now. Georgia Tech, you know, they that, that interim coach – boost starting to wear off just a little bit with that. so I, I i think carolina they get it done and they get it get it done uh pretty convincingly but i don't have them covering yeah I, you're i'm i'm with you on literally everything you just said i i mean josh downs is on an unbelievable roll right now and without antoine green i think he just keeps rolling up fifth straight game of 100 plus yards but i don't i just don't see a world in which the tar heels cover three touchdowns against anybody right now um and so yes i'm gonna take that over but man give me the tar heels by two touchdowns even like that seems like a wide margin for what this team has been doing it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch kind of an an awkward time 5 30 eastern time uh for the kickoff of this game but we will be ready to go and then the tar heels basketball team plays again the next day at noon uh two odd times for these games this weekend folks thanks so much for joining us that's it for today's episode of locked on tar heels and that does it for this week on locked on tar heels much thanks as always to our guy anthony pagnata for jumping in you can follow him on twitter at htb anthony and please don't forget to check out the heel tough blog coming up on monday we're gonna have recaps of both these games the basketball game and the football game I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen of the day. Don't forget to check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, smash that like button, and leave some comments on your thoughts on these two upcoming games. We're so grateful for you hanging out with us on a Friday while we just get to talk sports and this magical ride that the Tar Heels are still rolling through. want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Hey, until Monday, peace. <laughs>